Here's the deal. We all face different challenges every day. What we do about them, how we react to them, and the results that we obtain from facing them helps us get to the next level. I'm your host, Pancho Moncada, and welcome to the Challenges Moment podcast. Here, you will learn how agents with Family First Life are challenging themselves, their teams, and clients. I challenge you to join in and listen to my next guest. There we go. <laughs> Fantastic. Awesome. Ryan, how are you, man? Doing good, Pancho. Thank you so much for having me on, man. It's a pleasure. No, my pleasure to have you over here. Finally, we're looking forward to uh, having you here. You're the youngest, the youngest one of the crowd so far, and I know you're going to add in so much value here for people. Uh, are you at home right now, or where are you at? Yes. Uh, last night, we got the snowstorm here in Denver, um, so I ended up staying home, letting the roads clear out, just playing it safe while I could, so jumped on this morning and and started the dials but um that's the beauty of what we do that's right yeah you have the flexibility you can work from home or come to the office yourself so yeah i'm also in denver as you know and yeah that snowstorm yesterday was pretty wild but uh, thank god when i woke up in the morning someone already cleared the street made my life a lot easier uh so i didn't have an excuse to stay in so i ended up coming to the office <laughs> which is uh which is good I, i've been super productive i know i think that coming to the office um, here in Denver, it makes it very, very good for for being more productive in general. But uh, a couple of things before we get started. Congratulations on your engagement, man. I know that. It's uh, very thank you. Dude, I know that you're super happy. I saw the photos and the posts and I'm like, that's exciting. And yeah. Yes. You guys are like thank you show. so much. You're very welcome. Very welcome. So um, tell us a little bit about yourself, Brian. Uh, I know that you're very young. Uh, tell us your age if you want. And also what you've been doing before in your extensive career before starting with Family First Life. Yes. Thank you again, Pancho. Um, so I am 21 years young and I just got licensed last year in May. So um, I would say... Uh, the first couple of months I was just figuring it out, but I'm um, start. I'm still just figuring it out. But before uh, I was working at Costco and I was there for almost two years, uh, I was just pushing carts and I was also going to school. Uh, so I kind of finished up everything that I needed to for um, basically my associates. And then I was deciding whether or not I was going to continue with schooling or whether or not I was going to you know, pursue this opportunity um, that one of my other friends, John Scheel, as you know, from the Denver office as well, super awesome guy. Um, him and I had reconnected and we were talking about it for, you know, a couple months, I think, while I was still in school, um, still committed to going down the path of pursuing architecture. So I was, yeah, I was just working, going to school and, and just, I don't know, deciding whether or not I was going to go to a big a bigger university because i was finishing up everything i could at the community college level right. so um that's kind of where where i met and was introduced to the whole scene of family first life and then um jumped on and now i'm just one of the boys super excited one of the one of the team and the family here and um so yeah super super blessed for the opportunity now we're, we're definitely blessed to have you here and uh, and 
I still remember the first time I met you or I saw you and it was at the Denver convention. And I remember how, how good you are. You are, you're, you're dressed very well and you were there with your girlfriend and you guys both look perfect. And of course, Sean Mike noticed that and made a big comment on it. And I was like, <laughs> look at this guy making an impression right away with the CEO. <laughs> yeah, so, he called us right out. <laughs> he did right away, right away. And you know, oh, and, and that's man. the cool thing about him. And, and those things are memorable. Like people <laughs> remember, like I'm remembering this right now, for example. And yeah. But it's not only the looks, it's not only your age, it's about the work that you put in. Because uh, I know that you mentioned here that you're going to school, you spoke with Jonathan, and you were talking about it for a couple of months, and then eventually you decided to transition and begin doing this. Right. What, what was that one thing that made you go for it? Because you were on your way to go and begin your, your studying for to be an architect. So what was that one thing that made you do the switch? Yeah. Uh, I think I saw the value. Um, first of all, I think ref the, the personal referral was helpful because, uh, me and John go, go way back. So I knew him, um, many years. And so I knew I could trust him. So I was seeing his, his posts for on Instagram and I don't even go on Instagram often. So that's saying something. So I, I, one day actually what happened is I slid up and I was like, what is this? Cause I'm over here slaving away at Costco and studying to become an architect to make maybe for my first year, 60, 65,000 a year. So I don't know. I just, I felt like the opportunity was too great for me to just pass up. So I, um, I was like, you know what, I'm in a great spot right now. Um, where I was in kind of a transition season anyways, because I wasn't sure if I wanted to go to, um community college of denver which is where i was planning on going right due to everything with the unpredictabilities with the coronavirus um and stuff like that and the requirements so i personally was like this seems like a great avenue i'm gonna explore this and i was already leaning towards kind of taking a gap year to just explore other opportunities before um fully committing to my degree because um up until that point you know i was set on architecture but it wasn't something that i was like 100 invested in um because originally little backstory i i was um tuning into just the whole architectural scene because i liked the artistic side of it because i um was getting into drawing a lot at the time so um, that seemed like a good avenue between you know being able to pr provide for your family financially but also express your artistic abilities and everything. So that's kind of what allowed me to um, make the leap of faith was just, you know, the biggest opportunity out there that, that I had, you know, direct access to through one of my friends. Um, and then just already kind of being in a transitional phase. Um, it, it was just the right time for me. So that's very good, man. You're, you're, you're sharp, sharp young man. Like you said, like a young 21 young, um, I, uh, I think that you're, that's pretty sharp. That's awesome that you had a couple things in mind and, and you came here, but you didn't come here just halfway. You came in here like all in for what I know uh, based on numbers, posts, the work, the travel that you've been putting in and all that stuff. So, um, if you have like a brand new agent here, what, what will you describe like your first 90 days when you're doing the work, what are they like? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I would say 
the first 90 days is crucial for figuring out if it's going to be something you want to stick with. And in order to really determine that, you're definitely want to, going to want to go all out. Um, set aside the time to be able to, to work the full-time schedule if you can. And if not, um, set aside as much time as you can to really give this thing a run for its money. Because honestly, for me, Poncho, it took me um, probably two months of kind of just being out of school, enjoying summer, enjoying the flexibility of the schedule and kind of teetering a little bit. Um, but silly enough, I was still investing a lot. So I started out with a good amount of savings, living at home, everything like that. So I was able to invest, you know, 800 to $1,000 right off the bat in leads for my first dial session, which really helped me actually book some solid appointments right away um, and, and actually get in front of people. But it's all about, yeah, time consistency and like staying disciplined to that schedule. Because like for me, when I actually went full time working um, the schedule and um, continuing to like up the lead flow a little bit here and there, uh, it took me like two months. So I got licensed at the end of May. And then in August, I had you know, my first real big month of productivity and hit like around 30 grand. And that was because I actually did what people told me to do. That wasn't because I did anything different. I just followed what the the structure here is. And um, I was able to, to get, you know, all the rewards that followed that. And, you know, the biggest reward of just helping a lot of families. So yeah, that's, that's what did it for me, man. That's, it's awesome to hear you talking about that part, the helping people, the learning the structure that's already here. Because a lot of people make the mistake that they come into Family First Life or any other job and they try to make it their own way. And even though you're 100% right. independent here, there is a structure. You don't have to re reinvent the wheel. And it makes mm -hmm. life so much easier just to stick to what people have been already trying, testing and breaking it and making it better and, and, and going with it. Right. And what you just said about helping families and so on without having that background and just listening to your, to your speak right now, um, I can understand how you genuinely care about people and helping them out. That's why you have success as well, because it was not that just that you trusted yourself and to invest $800,000 on leads on your first dial session and put your head down and work in them. But it's also the fact that you're, sounds like you're doing it for the right reasons, um, basically based on what i hear right so yeah um what, what was like what do you believe was the most challenging thing that you faced as you were getting started because a lot of people um let's let's be straight up like a lot of people are scared to invest on themselves mm -hmm. and it's, it's it's way easier uh to go and work a w2 job and have that know that that paycheck is coming every two weeks or every month or whatever. Yeah. I've done that before. I worked multiple different jobs before doing this. But what do you think that for you being completely self-employed, what was the biggest challenge for yourself? I know you took a bit of extra time those tricks, those first two months, but mm -hmm. what was it? Um, I would say, you know, seeing other people, first of all, that I knew personally helped me. Um, but for those who are maybe joining and don't personally know anybody and they're the ones taking the the first leap of faith for, you know, their community, their local community, um, I would just say, you know, plugging into the trainings was enough for me as well, because 
the trainings and the podcasts and everything was really what was stirring me up and giving me um, direction for building my why. So I was determined that if I was going to put the work in, if I was going to be disciplined um, with my schedule, then I was going to get the results that I desired. And when I wasn't, then I wasn't. So it was a matter of just trusting myself that I know, you know, like that I had the ability to work hard enough to, you know, let the numbers work in my favor. And a huge thing with doing so was especially getting started. It made sense to me that I, I had to invest in a bunch of leads because I wanted more shots, right? Like we talk about shooting free throws. If you'd rather have like 30 shots to make 10, or if you'd rather have 90, you know? So yeah, it's working the numbers, Poncho. So we just um, have the system in place here. And as long as you're following it, and as long as you're, you know, focused on the people in front of you, whether that be other agents you're bringing on board or other agents you aspire to, um, you know, reach this, the levels and the stages that they're at, or whether it be the families you're, you're sitting with, you know, there's, um, you know, a lot of loneliness in the business world, but with this job specifically, there's a lot of support because, you know, there's always, it's a, it's a people-based industry. So there's always people involved, whether it be your team or the families you're helping. So it's very powerful what we do. Well, 1000%. So uh, I was very happy to see you last week, uh, well, a little bit over last week at the, uh, at the national convention. Um, yeah. That was awesome. I know that was your first convention and we went directly to, yeah, to a baseball stadium in Miami. But uh, what were the main takeaways that you brought back with you from that convention? Because they were, it was a, for those of you who don't know who are just joining in or listening to us later on now in either Spotify, Apple Podcasts, uh, on the Challenges Moment Podcast, you basically, the FFL convention is a four-day event uh, where you have three days of people basically uh, presenting all different aspects of the industry. We had a bunch of really awesome guest speakers like Kevin O'Leary from the Shark mm-hmm. Tank. That was pretty amazing. And yeah. then we had some other amazing speakers as well. But when I went to my first convention last year, um, I it like I know I know I took a lot of it, a lot from there that right away I was able to implement. But what were the main things that you took out from FFL convention, Brian? Yeah, man. I think for me, um, one of the the biggest lessons that could be applied to really anything um, was just like excellence in all things. So, you know, excellence in your routine, excellence in your schedule, whatever it is. And then that's just going to overflow into the business. So I think that was one of the, the most, um, impactful things, but also just truly seeing everybody who is having success. Um, the reason behind why they're doing it is really, you know, for God's glory, but also for like the ability to help people. And it really like helped me shift the focus from myself again to the people that, you know, were helping. So um, I think that the impact that we have having a license is great, but if you don't even put that into action, then, you know, it's, it's stagnant. Right. So 
I think for me, one of the biggest um, takeaways was just refocusing on, you know, how many families we can help. So we get paid really well here. That's awesome. Um, but for me, it's more impactful to, you know, touch another live that's going to like be able to, you know, have that protection for their family for generations. Cause it, you know, it could affect how their kids turn out. It could affect a lot of different aspects of, you know, the world in general. So I think, yeah, for me, just like having excellence towards the people that I'm helping and also everything leading up to that. So I leave all of my stuff at the door. And then when I step into the home, um, I'm able to just focus on what their need is and not my own and, you know, use my license to its full capacity, whether that be for just life insurance or even just financial planning and other things as well, which we learned a lot about too with the advanced market and IULs and, and all that. Um, so yeah, there was a lot, but I think those are my two biggest. That is, that is fantastic, man. And the first thing that you touch on is something that when I was around your age, I'd actually be younger than you, I'm definitely younger than you. I was probably 17 years old, I was in high school mm-hmm. and, uh, and I wasn't, I wasn't doing very well in my history class. Right. And I have this very strict professor. He was like ex-military dude. Like the guy was like super tough and people were scared of him or whatever. And he, we, I was probably like doing it like a C plus, like in his class, if, if something like that. I wasn't, yeah, history wasn't my, my biggest strength. And, uh, but the truth is that he found out for whatever reason that uh, I was part of the rugby team in the, in the, at the high school and we won a tournament. So when he found that out, he said, hey, Francisco, I want to congratulate you on, on winning the tournament. And I want to make a statement here. And he said, if you can be good at one thing, you can be excellent. If you can be excellent at one thing, you can be excellent at many other things that you set your mind to it. Therefore, I'm going to give you an A today just for like the excellence that you put somewhere there because I know you're going to earn the A here later on, but you're having mm-hmm. it already in advance. And he literally put, gave me an A without doing anything. All my classmates were going like, what the hell? Why is he, <laughs> why yeah. is he getting an A for free, right? <laughs> and, but, and, and it made such a, it made such a good impact. Uh, and, and, and in my mind, because he always made me think about it, about what you just said. Uh, if you can be excellent at something, why can't you translate that into other things as well? So right. what is stopping you from doing that? Is it lack of time? Is it lack of preparation, lack of knowledge? What is it? Because if you identify what it is, what are the behaviors that you can tackle, you are very likely to achieve excellence or whatever you want to define as excellence in any industry or anything that you set your mind to it. So right. that is a, I, I think that's a really cool thing that you got out of that mm-hmm. convention, uh, uh, Brian, because I think that that's going to follow you hopefully for the rest of your life. Um, and I have no doubt. So absolutely, that's yeah. How we do one thing is how we how we do anything is how we do all things, right? That's right. So that's do all right. things with excellence. Yep. Yeah, yeah we're as good as you can do, right? Because yeah, it's, yeah, uh, the time changes, but that's awesome. So, uh, are you building a team, or what's your what's your goal right now? What are you doing? Are you just working for yourself? What's your plan? Yes, uh, I am building a team um, right now. I've got 
uh, several people that have reached out to me or that I've reached out to that are just um, going through the course right now. So I'm just getting started with the team building process and trying to get everybody um, plugged into really the, I, I call this, this opportunity, the American dream, because that's kind of what it is. It's like a fresh start um, with having, having the ability to get paid what you're worth and, and what, what, whatever you put in as far as work goes. So um, yes, I am building the end goal is to um, just share the opportunity with as many hardworking individuals as, as I can find, as I can reach out to. And um, in the meantime, yeah, I'm definitely working for my family and, and trying to, um, you know, retire my parents as early as possible. And um, also just, yeah, see what I can do for as long as, as I'm able to continue to work here. And so, yeah, definitely building a team. That's spectacular. Um, What are, um, what are some challenges that you're facing when you are recruiting or or when you're having people going through the process uh, that you see happening time and time again? Great question. Um, I think for me, one of the struggles that I have is um, being consistent and following up with guys and girls. And I just wanted to, you know, I always, I always want to be everywhere I can as, as many places as possible, but um, even just a quick phone call, even just a quick text, stuff like that to check in as they're going through the licensing process and the pre-licensing course, which shout out to FFL for paying for um, everything like that. So I say um, I'm improving, but I'm, I'm wanting to improve even more and have that excellence with staying consistent and also staying consistent with posting and um, eventually having somebody to manage the social media um, so that we can have somebody full-time doing that. But right now um, that's, that's something I find is, is consistency is crucial with this business in all things, um, not just recruiting. Um, So I forget, what was the other question you were asking? The other question though, that you answered my question real well, actually. My question now is uh, how do you challenge yourself when Mm. you're, let's say on the field and the day's not going quite as good because we got, Hey, we're not selling like sunshine here all the time. We, if you don't put in the work or or even if you put in the work, sometimes it's going to be a tough day. Yeah. Like there there are tough days at the office that every single job. So how do you Mm -hmm. challenge yourself to stay in the fight when those days happen, which they're not often, but when they happen, how do you challenge yourself to it? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, the way that I know that um, I'm able to like keep moving forward, uh, one of the one of the things I just remind myself is that no matter what I'm going through, I'm not going through it alone. I know God's with me, and I know that there's also a great team that we're plugged into. But I also know that when I'm going through something, that it's part of the story, right? It's I think I think about the things that um, you know my heart desires, but I also think about the challenges that I'm going through right now, I know are for a reason so that I can help other people if they go through a tough day and they kind of get bogged down in the mindset of just, you know, feeling like they might want to quit or, you know, they might want to just take a break and do something else or get another job or whatever it might be. So I take it as just like an opportunity to be able to truly bear the burden for somebody else in the future when they're going through, you know, their tough day or their tough week. So that's really one thing that that really helps motivate me. And I was actually talking to 
Silvana a lot last week because I was having a tough week and I was, you know, just dealing with various things and um, planning the wedding. And it just felt like I had a lot on my plate. So I, uh, I was getting a little bogged down and I was just like, man, I, I know it's going to get better, but it's just, it's tough when you have those days sometimes. So um, yeah, just knowing that I'll be able to be a shoulder that somebody can cry on or, or somebody that, that somebody else can lean on and actually relate to them is something that helps keep me motivated. Dude. Awesome. Now, my last question is in regards to challenges. How do you challenge your clients when you're at the house and they're a bit hesitant about getting the protection? They don't want to think about it, that kind of stuff. How do you go about challenging them? Because it's one thing to be challenged by an older person or someone 21 years old telling a 60, 70-year-old person, like, dude, you need to get this life insurance. Dude. You're not getting any younger right now. So, <laughs> tell me about it. So I missed the little first part because I did get a call, but you were saying challenge that like think about it objection for older. How, how, yeah. How do you challenge your clients? Like when not just the think about objection, but as you're getting to the closing and to make sure that they end up getting the, pro, the, the coverage that they requested. Great question. Yeah. So um, one of the things that I learned pretty early on through listening to trainings and just, you know, actually trying out what the trainings say Um, what a, what a concept, but, uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> people should do that more often, right? <laughs> yeah. Cause no, this is, I, I say that because for me, I was like, man, I don't know about a trial close. I don't know if people are going to want to, um, you know, even give an answer to that. So what I mean by trial close, and that's, that's kind of a big key is, you know, getting, getting things out of the way before, um, they come up and one of my favorite videos that's helped me a lot with like internet leads and stuff like that. Um, but just really creating structure in the home was uh, Paul McLean's video about the eight steps to a final, final expense, like a successful appointment. Um, and one of the things he talks about is, you know, the trial close of, you know, we're not sure if we can get you this coverage, but um, we need to at least see if we can. Right. So if you, if you do get approved, you know, we're going to see which one that one's going to be or whatever. So the trial closes of figuring out, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to be here to, to walk you along the process and you know there's a process we have to go through but it's ultimately not up to me so even if you you like something you want to think about it um that's great you can still do that right you still have a 30-day period to to think about it um but yeah just basically bringing up the the different trial closes to say like if if there's you know something we can find within your budget one thing that wiley taught me was like if it's in your budget it makes sense and you don't really have um any objection to doing business with me is there any reason you wouldn't want to proceed today um and you know just getting it out in there in front so that people aren't caught off guard when you're like all right you like that one let's submit an application and they're like wait hold on a second i just met you you know It's more a matter of, okay, let me walk you through the process, lead you down um, the path so that you, uh, you're aware of, you know, everything that that entails. And, you know, I'm not going to go anywhere. I'm going to be your guy. I'm going to make sure that I help you out in any way and, and any questions you have. Um, but also um, just, yeah, making, making yourself as presentable as possible, dressing nice and, you know, also providing your license and any sort of, you know, credentials that they might want to have is a big thing as well. But yeah, I think trial closes are big and just, you know, having confidence that you're the professional, that you're yeah. the one that has the license and, you know, you're, you're in a, a position of authority because of that. So, yeah. 
a couple of a couple of tips there. <laughs> no, I think those are, those are fantastic tips. Those, those those are great way of challenging them. Doing the trial closest throughout the meeting, throughout the call. If you're doing it over the phone or Zoom or whatever, it's uh, it's, it's, it's it makes it makes it so much better to bring down the walls that they start building when they start thinking, oh my god, I'm gonna have to send an application. Have to provide social security number, banking information. Oh my god, oh my god! Like yeah. So the key is is creating structure because yep. if you create structure in the home, you're not all over the place. And I just what I mean by that is, you know, doing doing whatever your steps are for the home by introducing yourself, what you're about, everything like that. Then they're automatically going to respect you more. You know, they're automatically going to say, okay, he's the professional and and we can we can trust him so let's see what he has to offer and they'll actually listen up and you know let you become an assisted buyer right an assistant buyer and, and get on that side versus oh we don't want to answer any of your questions or anything like that so yeah the key to all, all of it i believe is is having that structure and rehearsing um in the home what you're going to say everything like that to create that structure and set that up very good and you said you got your license back in may right yeah dude look at all the knowledge that you just dropped in not even a year in the industry yeah so you're not you're not messing around when you're saying that you're following the structures already here or listening to people advice and following what the training say and actually implementing that um Mm -hmm. and that's the best thing as you mentioned not only the the free training for the for the licenses all all the training is free so Mm -hmm. and people that come from either different agencies come and train do our trains to learn from there, which is amazing. And, um, and we're just only going to get bigger and bigger. It's just what it yeah. is. Yeah. But, uh, let me tell you something, Brian, I'm very, very happy that we had this call. I knew that you were going to add so much value. Of course, well, Wiley chose you for a reason. Uh, so, uh, the way that this works is that now you're going to have to do a quick sentence in Spanish. I know if you took Spanish in high school or college, but we're going to take the rust off of it for a little bit and see if you can make it happen. Sounds good? All right, let's do it. Let's, All right. Let's give it a shot. Here we go. <laughs> so the phrase goes, Si no es ahora, cuando? Si no es ahora, cuando? Desafía este momento. Desafía este momento. That's pretty good. I'm sure Silvana sent you a text with it or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> what did I you... say? Are you going to uh, tell me? <laughs> uh, basically, what you said was... Um, if not now, when challenge this moment. So ah, it's, not yes. about, it's not about just challenging different scenarios, but it's challenging your, the moment that we have right there, right? Like what we're living at right now. So what can we do right now to be better? What can we do now to be excellent? Right. Or you, yep. what you talked earlier, right? So challenge every moment to improve, to help not just yourself, but help your team and also help your clients get to what they want ultimately. Right. So that's what this podcast is about, is to like share people how we challenge ourselves every day, not just on different scenarios, but for people to learn a couple of little things from each one of us. And every single call, I learn something new. And I know a lot of people who have been listening to the podcast have learned something new from every single one. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that's why, that's why I'm doing this, because uh, I think it's a way of giving back to people that are doing really well, help you promote you, because... Uh, I'm sure there are going to be people who are going to relate to you a lot and would like to work with you. Uh, if someone wants to work with you, Brian, how can they get in contact with you? Yeah, um, they're more than welcome to um, hit me up on Instagram. It's obviously listed here, but I'll just say it as well. It's Y-U-N-G 
BRI1. Um, or also feel free to just text me or call me um, at 303-552-1231. So, yeah. Last, awesome. Thank you. No, you're welcome. Thank you. Last thing for you, you get to pick, you get to challenge who's the next person to join me, to join me here. And why? Ooh. And why? It could be anyone in the company. It doesn't matter. Oh, man. That's cool. That's, that's a good one. While you're Thank thinking you. of that, I'm going to yeah. Savannah just posted. She said, I want to add that Brian is one of the most humble and nicest people that oh. I've ever met. Yep. Thank you, Savannah. Praise <laughs> the Lord. That's awesome. Yeah, I'm super honored to be here. And it's so great working with you and Silvana, having you guys here in Colorado. So um, I'm meant best. to be in the office today, but man. We're at the office right now. <laughs> All right. So who's up? Who's up? Who are you challenging? And if he's already being called up, I'll let you know. Okay. Let me see here. I mean, the first one that popped into my mind I would love to see is John Scheel, of course. I don't know if he's John been called hasn't, up. John hasn't been called up yet. I don't get I don't get to pick. This is like you guys making to pick who counts. Yes. So it's your job. Jonathan Scheel, absolutely. absolutely. He's the one who brought you in here, right? Yes. And oh. he, yeah, he is just a, a humble beast as well. He just loves to work really hard and um, very, very disciplined. Uh, so... Yeah, he's taught me a lot, so I'd love to see him challenge the moment. What, so. what should we What should we learn from him? You think? Um, I think that one of his strong suits, other than just yeah, other than his his schedule, is just super solid. Um, I don't know. I would say just his ability to get uncomfortable. Okay. So I would think I would think that you know addressing that with him would be something that would be very beneficial because I remember when he first started, you know, he knew Wiley as well. Um, cause we all went to the same school at some point, but him, um, jumping on board and then, you know, pretty quickly getting momentum enough to be able to take a travel trip and do all that. I think that his ability to get uncomfortable and his story is very impactful as well. So, I think we'll save that for him to tell, but that's it. We'll leave it. I'm we'll excited leave it to tell, man. Thank Absolutely. you, thank you, Brian, for taking the time for joining me today. I know it's die all day still. We have to go yep. through making those calls, but we need to squeeze this one in for sure. Uh, I hope you have a good rest of your day, man. Look forward to seeing me you too. sometime at the office sometime soon. But in the meantime, keep working hard, buddy. You got it. Thank you, thank you, Pancho. It's an honor to be on here. I appreciate it, and you too. You have a good rest of your day. Take care, buds. Bye-bye. Take care. Adios. Adios. I hope this episode helped you learn a new way to challenge yourself, your team, and your clients. If you enjoyed it, please subscribe or leave us a comment. If you believe there's a lot of value on this particular episode, make sure to snap a screenshot of your phone, post it on your Instagram story, and tag me at FFL State. I will see you next Thursday on another episode of Challenge This Moment live on Instagram Live on FFL State. See you next week.